Photographers keeping it real. Photographers keeping it real. This is our podcast. We've never done this before. We practice just a little bit. So we apologize if it's a bad shit I know so good. Oh yeah. Photographers keeping it real. We keep it real cause we like the way that it feels. Hello and welcome to the Photographers Keeping It Real podcast. I'm Andy Hudson and this is Steve Grogan. Good evening. How's things? Hello, I'm pretty good, thanks. You? Yeah, I'm not so bad. Not so bad. A bit, a bit tired, recovering from a, a bit of a sore throat and a bad cold, but I will survive. A sore throat. I, I heard that you had a, a throat infection. I think you're playing it down a bit, so you've been a right trooper coming on tonight to do the podcast. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I've, I've just rested my voice. And, uh, you know, I'm a, pro- I'm a professional, I like to think so anyway. Yeah, true pro. Well, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment because uh, I've been playing with my new cameras uh, and I bought some Sony A7 threes. Ah, you're a Sony wanker. I am, but it was good <laughs> to have a bit of retail therapy during uh, wedding season just to pick me up a bit because obviously you get bogged down with all the editing and the shooting and all the other stuff. So I thought I'd treat myself a little bit. I think um, I-, I do need to to change my cameras but that's more because of the fact that they're about six year old um rather than me just wanting new toys so i see it's on the it's on the agenda for next year anyway well i i believe that um if i'm right in thinking that you were you've been shooting single slot card cameras since before the uh, fanboy said it was okay to do so oh it's it's i like to live life on the edge me so i think <laughs> it just gives me that extra bit of adrenaline yeah that i need i think yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, this well, is um, episode six of the podcast, um, which I should just mention uh, is always supported by our podcast partner, the amazing QT Albums. I've had a really good year of selling albums, and I think one of the main reasons is just the quality of them from from QT. When couples are meeting me for that initial meeting, uh, the ones that do, they're falling in love with the albums, and even if not adding one at the time of booking um, a lot have been adding them after the wedding as well i mean obviously the quality of the images i'm supplying is is what's uh, tipping them over the edge of course uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great for me because um it's extra income and it's also great for the couple because i know they're getting uh, what i personally think is is the best quality wedding album on the market so if you haven't already checked out qt uh, go to qtalbums.com and have a look okay well I have actually sold my first ever, my first ever album myself. Yay! Um, I know it's a, a wedding that I shot on the first of September. They um, about March time I, I introduced an album package to my my pricing structure and um, obviously went with QT on your recommendation. Yep. So I will be in touch with you very soon when I have to start designing the album and I fail miserably and you have to do it for me. Well, if you um, win <laughs> first place in our our autumn keeping it real awards you would win smart albums with cloud proofing which would make it a lot easier so 
I'm not sure when this I, podcast... I can't enter the awards. Stuff, no, stuff. you can't. I'm just sort of plugging the awards. Sort of. Thank, <laughs> thanks, thanks for ruining that, Steve. Um, no. But um, yeah, I don't know when this podcast is going to go out. It probably got just before the awards close on the 9th of October at midnight. So if you are interested in submitting to our awards, then just go to the website, which is photographerskeepingitreal.com and click on the join us uh, button and submit your best documentary wedding photos to be in with the chance of winning some great prizes from Pixaloo. I think what one thing we kind of forgot to uh, do at the start is probably offer a quick apology for the amount of time it's taken us to get around to recording a new podcast. It has been wedding season. I had a, a baby, well, my wife did, uh, in oh, February. Is that the one that you delivered? Oh, did um, I tell you about that? Do you want me to no, go through no, the story? No, no, no. Okay, we've right. never heard that story before, <laughs> Actually, our special guest would literally hang up her Skype call right now if I told it yet again, because she's <sighs> definitely heard it more than three times, I think. I mean, uh, you should really tell us these things. You know. <laughs> I like to milk things for all the worth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been juggling that, a three-year-old business. It's been an intense year. But this is episode number six that we've recorded in the past 12 months, so I think we're doing pretty good overall. Yeah, not bad at all. It's been a bit of crazy summer, so I think we deserved uh, a bit of time away from the mic. Um, I've, I've struggled a little bit this summer, if I'm being honest. Uh, my time management isn't always the very best. That's part of my own fault, but I'll live and learn. Um, how many have you got left to shoot for the, for the rest of the year anyway? I've got six left to shoot, which is good. It's Yeah, it's been pretty challenging, uh, but very awesome year as well, I've got to say. Um, but I'm kind of looking forward to sort of taking some time off at the end of the year, sort of maybe reflecting on the year as well, because you don't really get a chance to do that when you're sort of in the midst of it. You don't realize, you know, some of the photos that you're taking and the improvements that you're making to your work as you go along the way. And Definitely. most most importantly, spending some time with my wife and little ones. But I've got to get through my mm. editing backlog first. So um, how are you getting on? Have you got many left to shoot? And more importantly, how many have you got left in the queue to edit? <laughs> um, I've got left to shoot. I've only got, I've only got five. Okay. Five left, but... One of those is in Italy this weekend, so I can't mm. complain. Nice. And then I'm going. No, I should say five, but I've six because I'm going to do a second shooting job as well for for someone who have already agreed to do it for. But it's not too bad now. The things things are improving, and in the editing queue at the moment, I got one out today actually, so I've only got nine left. Okay. Sounds like a lot, but I, it, I don't think it's too bad. I'm beating uh, you. I've got. I've well, kind of beating you uh, in terms of having less. I think is it beating you if you've got less or more? I don't know. But um, yeah, I've got um, eight left to edit, so I've just finished right. one today as well. So, but that was, I don't feel I don't feel as bad now. Yeah, well, I think everyone. <laughs> I think actually, do you know? I think that really helps sometimes. The sort of having groups like what we've got and local groups and things like that, where you know you kind of think like, God, I've got like nine left to edit, and then you speak to other people, and they've got like just as many or more and you you kind of realize that you're not doing something wrong it's it's just wedding season that's what happens i know and i spoke to another photographer local to me great guy and he had he had 20 left oh my god i know he's he's a machine um, he'll get <laughs> through them his work's amazing but i just thought 20 wow i'd be i'd be very very stressed but then it's all about expectations i well one one tip i've always told any other photographer Who's, who's been stressed about the backlog is is just to contact your couples if they're going to be delayed the pictures just let them know um it, rather than them chasing you just send them a quick email just saying you know it's been crazy wedding season i'm really sorry but there's going to be an t- extra two or three weeks wait time and I'll, I'll be i've never had a single person kick off when i've done that yeah Everyone's always understanding I, i've sort of gone down a slightly different route with it which i don't think is necessarily that normal but um i don't have anything in my contracts about delivery times at all 
and then that's interesting yeah because what i do then is i kind of roughly know where i'm at the whole time so when i leave a wedding i say to the couple you know okay guys uh it's been a great day blah blah, blah. um you know it's going to be about eight weeks for the for the photos or 10 weeks for yeah. the photos or 12 weeks for the photos and then um yeah, that's I've not set, so bad because I yeah, suppose in like winter you can say oh, it'll be like a month or something maybe. Yeah, I just kind of set realistic. I mean, they're not realistic because I've given myself about two or three weeks leeway as well when I say that to them. So yeah. usually I'm delivering like quite a bit earlier than I've said, but I don't like being tied in with the promise of a set time unless I know that that is what I'm going to be able to achieve. So that's kind of why I've always avoided having anything in my contract for delivery times and just do it per couple. Mine says, mine says eight weeks, but um, it does say approximately yeah um which which gives me a wiggle room but i think one thing i've learned is next year definitely um i've got less weddings next year which was deliberate yeah um so i'll have more time and i'm gonna work on my my turnaround times for next year and that's one of my like kind of new season resolutions yeah which is always good to have and i think yeah we live and learn shoot uh speaking of like shooting lots and having a massive backlog i know our special guest mentioned a few weeks back that she had about 12 in the queue to edit um, which is no doubt going to be quite stressful, but I think that shows that she's great at marketing herself, and that's the reason why we've invited her on the podcast. So here's our special guest, fellow fan of murder podcast as well, like me. Uh, it's PKIR's very own Hannah Hall. Hello, Hannah. Hello. How's things over in Corby? They're not too bad, Andy. They're busy. They're, I'm, I'm lying. Things are bad. They're not. I'm just really busy. <laughs> I'm really frazzled. And uh, I just... I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break, if you, I'm honest. You want to send help? Are you okay? You sound a bit... A bit... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be, I'll be all right. I'll be all right, I promise. I just, I think, I don't know, I was shooting a wedding for someone else, actually, a couple of weeks ago, and I just felt like I'd kind of got to that point in season where I needed uh, I needed last weekend off. Last weekend was a much-needed break. Um, did, it's just did, been... you, did you go out hard drinking and hitting a discotheque? Strip I didn't. Some carby, I know? didn't, Steve. I sat... Um, I sat at home and drank a bottle of wine on Friday night and on Saturday night and caught up on a month's worth of Neighbours. Neighbours? Neighbours. That's like, I watched that when I was like nine. It's still going strong. You're joking. Is, is Kylie yeah. and Jason still in it? Kylie and Jason are not still in it, but Dr. Oh. Carl Kennedy is. Well, if, really? you're, if you're still watching yeah. Neighbours, I can only uh, deduce from that that there's been a string of serial killers um, in Neighbours, because I know <laughs> me and you basically at the moment are obsessed with with murder, <laughs> which is... Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, can't get, I can't get enough of other people dying. However, Andy, Why there's not? a problem with it. It's getting dark, this. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> See you, Steve. It, there's, there's a problem with this, in, in so much that, like... I can't stop listening to My Favourite Murder. Yeah. Like, it's on in the car, it's on in the office, it's on whenever the children aren't anywhere near me, basically. But I'm sleeping at night, and I'm absolutely sure it's because there's someone hiding in my wheelie bin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get this. What are you listening to? People being murdered? Or is it like a story? Or... <laughs> no, that would, I don't it's think that would be allowed on Apple Music. No, Steve. It's oh. basically two American stand-up comedians who every week research a mother and talk about it and people can kind of then they have like mini sodes in between where people kind of write in with their kind of favorite local murders or like weird crime stories and stuff like that but it's very funny they do it in a way that is is really respectful to the to, to obviously to, to what's happened but it's, they also the way they tell it is very very funny they've got a very dry sense of humor so they're real crimes correct 
Yeah. Ooh. And the thing is, I started listening to that as well. And then I had to stop because I'm also listening to a podcast about serial murders in America. Um, someone who's been miss- missing and they're trying to find her after she's probably been murdered. And um, uh, people who have been wrongly convicted of murder. <laughs> I just realized, like, I was like, I can't listen to any more of these. I need to, like, you know, find something a little bit more lighthearted in between as well. So it's on my list of things to listen to, but uh, I've sort of put it on the back burner for now. Um, it's, all how- very, it's all very macabre. It is, but it's like, I think it's just wedding season. I think my brain has just gone into that sort of like, I'm suffering with my editing. Let's find find people who are suffering more or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of suffering, how's your backlog, Hannah? Uh, I checked, actually, just before we started recording. Um, I finished a whopper of a wedding today. Um, it started off at 13,000 photos. Oh, my God. Uh, but that's me and my second. So I've just, I've literally, I've just got a little bit of remedial photoshopping to do on that one, but it's done. So I've got 10, okay. 10 to edit, but I'm shooting, I'm shooting two this, this weekend. So ah. by Sunday, I'll be back up to 12. I'll be back, yeah. That's always the... Uh, and you've just moved into a, a new office as well, I believe. What You've decided to rent some space, I believe, rather than have, like, your spare room. How yeah, have you found that? Yeah, so... Uh, it's amazing. It, so, basically, like, I had thought about maybe moving into some, own, some space of my own elsewhere. Um, just because you know what it's like working at home, living at home, being at home. It's a lot of it's a lot of the same space all the time. And life circumstances this year kind of put that on the back burner. And then mm. in like June, July time, like just as things were getting really, really busy, a friend of mine, Tom, phoned me up and said, I'm moving into a bigger unit. Tom's a caterer. Thomas the caterer. He's amazing. Other wedding caterers are available, but not as good as Tom. Um, he's wow. me- He was moving into this this new unit which is only like 20 minutes from where I live Um, and he's like the only thing is now is that I've gone from having a unit that's too small for me to being way too big would you like some space Um, so I thought about it for about seven minutes before I said yes Um, the only the caveat was that it meant moving in like at the end of August the beginning of September which is not all your gear yes and it's not really not the time to be you know losing days packing up your stuff and obviously like unplugging all the hard drives and unplugging the computer and then having to set up but I've been in for two and a half weeks now uh, and it's it's amazing for productivity because I don't I've got suddenly I've got like a time limit again it's like I guess in a way it's like working a nine to five I know that at 10 past three I've got to leave to go and get the, school, the kids from school or whatever yeah um and but also actually being well that obviously I'm not working with other photographers I'm still working in an office environment with people that are doing the same thing as me they're hustling they're you know chasing clients and that kind of thing so sometimes actually having when I'm like oh I've got two couples that I've spoken to or I've met and yeah. I haven't heard anything from them having someone go going well just chase them like I know that I need to chase them but having someone else tell me is quite good for sort of keeping me on my toes so it's, it's put it's put me behind in terms of the time spent moving but it's over the coming weeks, it's going to be great for productivity and it's good for my work-life balance. And I know you guys are always really concerned about my inability to balance work and life. Yeah, um, that's definitely something is... that you needed to work on, I think. So it's good that you've yeah. got that separate sort of uh, space now where you work is work and home is home. Do you, do you have yeah, to... Although... So do you have to Sorry, actually get, get dressed now? I do, oh. yeah. And that's also something that's taking a little bit of time to get used to. So you can't just I'm work kind... in your pants like I do. It's so... No. <laughs> Not anymore, but I'm, I'm so used to just being being able to get up, take the kids to school, come home, and then, like, if I'm not if we're running late or whatever, like I can just do all of that stuff when I get back. 
but now like i deposit the the kids school is pretty much halfway between mine and work you just throw them over the over the wall and then just drive literally out of the door while it's still moving and (laughs) (laughs) but it means that i have to think about what i need to take in with me like if i'm like if i've got meetings if i'm going to shoot straight from being in the office i need to make sure i've got my cameras like it's just how it's like getting used to a new way of living i guess i'll get there it does sound good it sounds good well, um, yeah. we're just having a few little issues with you breaking up a little bit, Anna. I know that you're uh, having a few issues with the internet today, so we just sort of uh, want to mention that if anyone's picking up on that, that's just uh, Hannah's Apologies. crap internet, basically. Plus net. Boo. Um, They've never been bad before. They've never been bad. This well, is a new thing. My, my BT, BT and Plusnet, I think, are owned by the same... Well, like, Plusnet is owned by BT, and my internet's really Correct. slowed down recently, so uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, we're, we're obviously slagging them off on, on what is an international podcast, so I'm sure they'll listen and, and correct it immediately. Yeah, We'll tag them in on that. <laughs> um, well, earlier this year, Hannah uh, and I were at Snap Photography Festival, um, where, Hannah, you delivered a talk on business, marketing, and branding, which I, uh, I have to say was superb. Thank you very um, much, Andy. So we uh, wanted to have a chat with you about this side of things because while it's great to hear photographers impart their wisdom when it comes to kind of shooting and things like that, um, I think what we all really want to know is how to book more clients and most importantly, the right clients for us. So can uh-huh. you, with that in mind, tell us the best thing that you've done for your businessing... Uh, businessing... <laughs> can you tell us the best thing that you've done for businessing from a marketing or branding point of view (laughs) uh so the back end of 2016 um i started a rebrand basically like it all started off from sitting in a google hangout with uh matt jones he's a graphic designer he's also a wedding photographer lucius fox photography um but we were basically in a google hangout in my office when it was still here and he was like, he could see stuff on my wall in my office, like crazy postcards and all of like all of the stuff that was just that I surround myself with at work and at home. And he was like, don't take this the wrong way, Hannah. But like the Hannah that I see on the walls in this Google Hangout is not uh, is not the Hannah that I see on your website. And I kind of thought about it for a minute, and I was like, yeah, yeah, correct. Like my website was very, I guess it was very generic. My branding was. Um, well, it was it was like my name in a camera that was hand drawn around around a Tesco club card. Like when I knew nothing about Photoshop and anything. Like when I was just starting this business yeah. that I kind of fell into. I've got to have this logo. It's, it's going to be a bland. camera. Really, yeah. yeah, really bland and really boring. So um, he was like, "We can we, we can do something to to make stuff better for you." And so that kind of that was the prompt of kind of starting this this rebranding process, it sounds ridiculous really when I say it, but I kind of, after thinking about it for a while, I just decided that what I needed to do was put people off me, which always sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? When we're hustling to get more work. I know exactly um, what it, you mean though. I do know exactly yeah, what you mean. It got to February, February, 2017, just before I launched the rebrand in February, I had 83 inquiries or something like that, which converted into six bookings. Now obviously converting in one to month, 80, 83. Yeah, in one month. Wow. Eight, like six six bookings is great, but you can, yeah. you can really quickly see the amount of time I was spending replying to emails yeah. when I could pretty much tell the second that the email dropped into my inbox, they weren't going to be my clients. Yeah. So basically, Andy, going back to your question, the really roundabout the houses way of getting back <laughs> to answering that, the best thing that I did uh, was think really carefully about how I market and how I brand myself. 
does you know to to pull in the right people and to push away the people that that i'm not going to be the photographer for them yeah mm. good answer there you go yeah. did you notice an immediate change to the type of clients that you were attracting or the type of inquiries you were getting um or did you have to tweak it was it something that happened over a period of time or was it pretty much straight away uh, that that's a lot of questions all in one question Steve. so let, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not really good at it. let me let me let me backtrack and kind of just um try and pinpoint some some key stuff in that so the change was pretty immediate in terms of my inquiry level dropping and it's quite unnerving to go from like 83 inquiries one month to four or something yeah um there, there's never been a total change though because i still rank top of google for northamptonshire uh-huh. so and because they click on me first I'm still getting their inquiries but generally now it drops into my inbox and I can see immediately because they don't answer the questions that I've asked or yeah. that like they give as little information as possible whereas the clients that want me from the offset t- take the time to kind of sit and answer those questions on my inquiry form and that kind of thing yeah so yeah. Um, in that respect the chain uh, that kind of change uh, was was immediate but I think it's that like branding and stuff is only one part of it like my client base has changed over the last four years because my prices have gone up because I'm showing what I love um I'm definitely like I'm I'm now at the point where like I love every single one of my couples and I'm never at a wedding going God, you and me were not a good match you know yeah um and I, and I think although a lot of that has obviously come with my branding a lot of that as well has come by what people what people see of me and what I what I put out there so I think it's kind of it's a big it's a big part of it but it's not the only part of it does that answer everything I think that answers your question Steve that makes perfect sense that answers all eight of Steve's questions within one question (laughs) I I have a I have a tendency to over speak it's it goes back to at school and you know my reports all said the same thing so that's okay you know that's uh, just me. Well, um, I'm about to go through a rebrand. Uh, and one of the things I definitely took away from your talk at Snap was how strong your brand was. So what advice would you give me so that when I sit down with the web guys who are Div- Diverged Digital, who did our um, Photographers Keeping It Real website, what should I give them in order for them to then create the right brand for me? Uh, so, uh, like, you'll have got... You'll have got loads of this from me already at Snap, Andy. So you just you can turn off for a bit while I tell Steve about this. <laughs> no, no, it's good because I, I um, the thing I think... is I I remember a lot of it, but some of it has probably gone out of my mind. So it's good to have okay, a refresh. Okay, let me let me refresh. You, you had alcohol, didn't you? So you'll probably forgot everything. I've anyway. got to be honest. I'm having whiskey right now as well, which could be uh, <laughs> dangerous. You might have to repeat it for a third time. It's so. recorded. Oh, it's yeah. recorded. You good can point. listen to it back. <laughs> so I think the most important thing that I realised um, in the process of re branding myself is that branding is so much more than just like your logo or your brand colors or the um any other brand elements that you might have yeah um Mm. and I, i talked at snap a little bit about trying to get my head around what brand experience really met so i thought about where i spend a lot of my time out like drinking meeting friends eating and that kind of thing it's a bar in corby called paletto lounge um they are a really really lovely bunch of people that work there it's kind of like it's decorated like I wish my house was decorated they know who I am I have my table um in there like table 16 it's Hannah's table that's where she's sitting today (laughs) but actually like when you (laughs) 
like, I'm going to book it just to annoy you. You can't unless there's more than eight of you. <laughs> I could just imagine and Hannah. Would, and, and eight of you wouldn't sit on a table of four, so. I can imagine Hannah, <laughs> like, as an 80-year-old, still sat on the same table <laughs> with a whippet, sort of yeah. <laughs> drinking a mojito or whatever. I'll be, I'll be there. Um, but the point is about is about this bar is it's actually part of a, a chain that's massive across across the Midlands. That the, the lounges, the pe- same people own the cozy club. But what I loved about it is that it kind of I, they don't treat me any differently to if it were a bar that they personally owned themselves. Um, I like the way they do stuff. I like the way they treat me. I like the way they treat other customers. I just like the vibe of the place, and that for me is was kind of how I started to get my head around brand experience it wasn't just what people saw in terms of my logo and my colors and stuff when they went on the website my brand experience is all about how I treat my clients the whole way through the process and that probably starts at the point that they google me or they find me on the internet somehow Mm. Um, and it runs all the way through to long long after I've delivered their wedding or you know their album or whatever so yeah I'm my my best advice would be to someone would be to to look to dig deeper about what they wanted their business to how they wanted their business to speak to other people and that and yeah and that goes much deeper than just like oh i'm going to use these colors and this is my logo yeah absolutely i mean you've mentioned there about the relationship going on from the start to the finish right up until you deliver the images and afterwards i mean i'm the first to admit that I'm not particularly good when it comes to things like that. I mean, I at the moment I'm kind of just like delivering images to clients and then just kind of kind of leaving it. I, I maybe blog do a blog post afterwards, or I might wish them happy anniversary on Facebook. But do you, you obviously make a conscious effort to continue to market yourself to your couples after after the wedding? Is that is that do, is yeah. that right? It, it seems that way. Yeah, I do. So. Um, oh God, there's loads of stuff that I shouldn't I shouldn't say on the podcast in case my couples that haven't finished the process are listening. <laughs> Hi guys, Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it all for them anyway. So, um, yeah, when I deliver couples photographs, I'll talk a little bit more later. I think about their process of, about actually like letting clients see their images like after the wedding, but when they get their kind of package from me, the finished product, they get um they get a USB in a wooden box from cutie albums toot toot. Um, and they get some prints I, I choose some of my favorite photos and have printed and they go yeah. in the box with the usb and they also get a wooden spoon which this year says spooning since 2018 obviously like just dependent on the year a wooden um, spoon. and a wooden spoon which is like a traditional thing probably reasonably kind of chauvinistic like awful thing but it's like a traditional wedding thing anyway that you give married couples a wooden spoon right like with the horseshoes and that stuff um, oh, yeah. Yeah. but the, the obviously like when my couples open these boxes they're like oh hannah <laughs> the wooden spoon like i love stuff i love giving people like silly knickknacks for fun so giving my couples a silly knickknack of a wooden spoon they it, like that's totally and they just think it's really really funny so initially like it probably gets put somewhere prominent in their house and then eventually they're like oh, no, we probably don't need this wooden spoon gathering dust so it goes in the utensil pot well it might just be that a couple of years later Sandra and Steve come around for dinner and they're just planning their wedding they've just got engaged and they're making their spag bowl with my wooden spoon and they're like oh guys have you sorted your photography you really should go and check out Hannah's website it's just like a little way of me 
trying to stay present in their day-to-day life long after they've got their photos and they kind of don't need anything from me so you're kind um, of being co- you're kind of being covert aren't you and and slipping yourself into other people's lives oh, forever yeah there i go so yeah so there's <laughs> the, the wooden spoon thing um, and I also, um, I always send them a first anniversary card, although all my couples this year will be like, yeah, but you sent it six weeks late, Hannah. It's better late than never. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> but I do send, I make a point of sending them a first anniversary card. Um, a, because like I, I genuinely do want them to know that I still remember them and I'm still really grateful that I got to be part of their lives and part of their day. Yeah. Definitely. But again, it's just a kind of a little like, hello, I'm still here, even though yeah. you've probably forgotten about me by now. Um it's really Again, nice because you know it's just yeah it, it might just it just might just prompt them to remind someone the other great thing about doing all of these things is that everyone loves to take pictures and put them on social media look what our wedding photographer just sent us ah yes if people see those you know those photos of funny little wooden spoons um I've actually just had a new little kind of infographic thing that I send out now with a, it's like all in my brown colors and they can make a, a paper crane origami paper crane and most of you won't know, but I've got a string of paper cranes tattooed because I like the whole sentiment of it being a labour of love and stuff. But if they, um, if they, they like make the crane, it's got a hashtag which is HH Course Kissing. Um, so like, there's loads of like, I'm trying to encourage them to kind of share that stuff online. So they're always passively marketing me, interesting, while feeling yeah. loved at the same time. Very, very clever. Yeah, I like it. One of the things um, that I took away from your talk at Snap as well was that. In the way that you deliver images, um, it definitely helps with your print sales and bringing in quite a bit of extra revenue each year. So can you talk to us about that and how that works? I can. So within uh, about 48 hours of the wedding, I deliver, I don't deliver, I just put one photo online. It's just a photo that I like of the day. It's never, whenever I'm putting anything online, my first thought is like, is this is this a photo that reflects me and reflects my work and reflects the wedding? So I find one photo and I pop that up online. I used to put 20 or so up straight away, but I found that my images were just getting lost in a barrage of all of their mates' photos. Like, I like to think that my photos were better than their mates' iPhone photos, but I just, they were just, they weren't getting noticed in the same way. So I put up one um, and then I wait two or three weeks before I kind of do like my proper sneak peek. By that time, they're normally back from honeymoon. Their mates' photos have kind of subdued, died down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I put up a sneak peek of about 20. It's just a selection of the day, stuff that I like. If there's no, if there's bits of the day that haven't grabbed me particularly, then like I, it doesn't bother me if there are no photos from the speeches. It doesn't bother me if there's 10 photos from the dance floor. I just find a handful of really great photos that... Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of that's that sum up the day and that's the point at which they start getting a little bit excited because it's almost like they'd forgotten that I'd taken some photos at their wedding because they haven't seen any mm-hmm. um and then I leave them to it for a little bit longer while I go and um edit the wedding then the day before once their photos are ready the day before um I'm going to deliver their photos I put a slideshow on on the internet so I embed a YouTube video onto my website in a like a hidden page ah. uh, and there's a deliberate there's a deliberate reason why um, and then I share the link to that page onto Facebook just with it like and then just upload a photo because yeah. I don't have any like featured image or anything on that page so I put that up and I say like I normally try and find a funny anecdote from the wedding and I try and kind of make it a little bit clickbaity and like find out more about yep. why this happened. Um, 
and then and that just clicks they, they click through onto my website and the slideshow's there the reason that i put it on my website rather than just uploading from vimeo or youtube or whatever um is that obviously they're sharing that with their friends and their friends are seeing it and it might just be that they may watch this video and goes oh that was bloody awesome i want her to be my photographer and she doesn't have to go scrapping around to find out who i am because she's already on my website Absolutely. so she can just merrily just go off and have a little look around while yeah. she's there i guess that's kind of sort of honing in on impulse purchasing as well a little bit because you know like right there right then she can get in touch with you uh, or he can the groom to be so it's, yeah. it's not like sort of like leaving it a day or two and trying to find out some more information about where to contact and how to contact it's it's sort of like grabbing them and hooking them in straight away yeah absolutely and every time as well like if you know if they want to go back and show someone else later they're still going to have to go back to my website so it's just pulling as many people onto my website at the same time so they get a slideshow and hopefully by that point they've seen maybe like 70 to 80 photos in two and a half minutes and they're killing themselves with excitement um so the next day the online gallery drops um and again I just go back onto that hidden page on my website and then just put a little thing underneath saying to view the full set, click here. And that link then goes through to my Pixie Set Galleries. I'm not sending them directly to the Pixie Set Gallery. Again, that email that I send them saying, hey, here are your wedding photos and here's what you can and can't do with them. That email, I know because I use Banana Tag to track my emails, yeah. I know that that email is being is being forwarded because I'm getting so I'm getting more clicks on galleries than could possibly be unless their internet just isn't working and they're repeatedly clicking yeah um, I'm getting so I'm getting loads of clicks so it's obviously that email's being forwarded people are clicking through again it's more people that might just perchance travel through my website on yeah. the way that banana tag um, with thing, that email like, I, I, oh. no sorry I was just gonna say I obviously um after your talk got banana tag and thought it was the best thing ever and I still think it's brilliant but I did have one bride who went a little bit crazy for her um wedding slideshow and gallery and for about a week I had about 100 emails unread every time I went to my email inbox yeah, I have it set so they go into a separate box so yeah. I don't get notifications from I it. need to do that because I was like, 100, 100 emails, wow, like I'm going to be fully booked for next year, like just off answering half of these. And then I looked and it was just like, click link, click link, click link, click link. I'm like, oh, yeah, and she's you know added what, again. As well, Andy, actually, it's quite, it can be quite dangerous if, you, if, you're, if you're, you're struggling a little bit when you're like, they've clicked on the gallery, yeah. they've seen the gallery, they haven't, they haven't acknowledged the gallery, like it is, it's kind of like, and it's the same actually with inquiries, like I send links to people in inquiries and I'm like, well I know that they've seen, I know they've looked at that, I know they've watched that video and nothing's happening, so like it's, it's a double-edged sword, is banana tag or any kind of email tracking, because you know, it's good, if someone's like, if someone keeps clicking on a gallery when they've inquired, I'm like, I'm just going to chase this up because they're obviously still interested in me. And then I get emails back saying, oh my God, I was just thinking about you. It's magic. <laughs> it's not magic. It's banana time. So yeah, so they get the, um, when they get that email saying, here's your gallery. Um, I also say, um, I'm going to give you a 20% discount code off prints um, uh, for the next I normally try and do it so that they get a full week and it finishes at the end of a weekend. So if I deliver on a Saturday, they kind of get until the following Sunday. Yeah. If I deliver on the Tuesday, they end up getting a bit longer. But like I want it to finish at the, at the weekend. So they kind of go, oh, if we're going to do print order. We need to do that because we've got time because it's the weekend. Mm. Um, so they just get a code, which is 20% off um, any prints bought, from, bought through the gallery. The code is um, it's unlimited, so they can share it with all of their friends and family. So it's not just them that benefits from the discount. Like, it can be ah. used as many times as they like within that limited period of time. 
and people do share it because I do get sometimes they're only tiny little orders you know just kind of like a 20 pound order here and there but that all adds up I think last year I think I made about two and a half thousand three thousand pounds in print sales so like all of that really does stack up and it really does make a difference no it definitely does make a difference because I think I sent you guys um a screenshot of my Zenfolio um sales for this year a few weeks back and it was already um at five times the previous year and Mm. that was all but one of those orders was post um your talk uh, at snap so I kind of think that shows you know you follow that sort of or similar pattern to that and and it does actually reap rewards yeah getting people excited about their photos first of all is like is is super super important i think like obviously they're going to be excited when their wedding photos land but if you've kind of given them this insight into what their wedding photos are going to look like but they can't physically well i guess they could screenshot from a video but it won't be great quality they like they, they can't they physically can't keep those photos yet and they've just got this like this little wash of their wedding in two and a half minutes that gets them excited then their photos land and they can see that they're going to get prints for cheaper and they know they're going to be good quality prints because up right from the get-go i've been like well you could go to a photo box but i can't guarantee the quality like and it's true i can't but at least if i'm you know I, they pixie set fulfills through loxley which I, i'm not sure is a, is a good or a bad thing but at least i know if someone gets some dud prints i can phone up loxley and have a conversation with them yeah. about the prints and, and they just get reprinted there's no argy-bargy whereas sometimes you see don't you like people send you pictures of their wedding photos on the wall and you're like holy moly what happened to that yeah. because they've it gone to asda poor. yeah no i i had that i had um a couple um who um booked pre-wedding she's she emailed me before the wedding saying you know we're we're both um keen cyclists we've got a couple of bike wheels hanging up in in the spokes we've got loads of photos and we printed loads from the pre-wedding shoot and uh they're like awful quality and then i was like i'm like reading this going like oh no like is she gonna think it's the the images that i took and she was like we know it's not the photos and i was like thank god for that um but i thought well like, you know how bad is it i was like where did you get them from she was like tesco oh, um, God. yeah so i turned those machines or something yeah so i turned up at the wedding and i looked and it was just horrific and it was like it wasn't just the colors were out the it had applied some sort of weird sharpening to the to the yeah. lines in the images like yeah. so their eyes were like yeah. really really sharp and like yeah they're not built they're not made for thing for like high res print no. like professional photos those machines really though are they so no exactly no uh, that's it but the, i think the benefit at least of having some kind of relationship with your printer um obviously i have a great relationship with qt for albums but like even I've, when i've had problems with loxley I have managed to sometimes it's meant kind of sending an image backwards and forwards between us like yeah we we can get it sorted so that like ultimately like you, you do end up with like really really excellent quality prints which is kind of that's what it's all about if you invest in your photos you yeah. want to invest in the quality of printing afterwards as well i think exactly definitely definitely no i mean i i seem to when i seem to book my couples I, i've noticed recently going back to what you said about your branding um, I'm kind of no, nowhere near it as far down the line as you are, but I've noticed that I've been showing a lot more of what I want to book recently. My, my party shots are the, are the ones that I show a lot of so that I get those types of couples and those types of weddings. You know, are there any other ways that you can attract them apart from just showing what you want to shoot? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think um, if you go on my website, guys... Can I just send them like a bottle of Jägermeister or something? Or just yeah, like... do it, do it, do it. If, <laughs> If people go on my website, hannahawphotography.co.uk, and go to the About Me section, um, I, I hope, I don't want to give the game away, but like it's basically just like 10 ridiculous facts about me. Um, and you know earlier I said I was trying to put people off. 
mm. know, the people that are going to love me are the people that get to the end of that page and go, God, she sounds bloody brilliant. I know that there will be people that read about the time that someone threw cheesecake in my head and go, yeah, we don't we don't need her in my life. And that's totally cool. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the, the long and the short of it is, is that I'm probably I'm probably not the right photographer for them. And that like, I know that I'm not everyone's photographer and I'm totally all right with that. But what I want, what all I need at the end of the day is 35 couples a year to go through and go, gosh, she sounds like really good fun. I want to find out more about her. And I think generally, once I get to the point of speaking to people on the phone, like I am literally the most awkward person on the phone or in a Skype with strangers, like especially when your internet is as bad as mine. Um, but like generally, like my couples are kind of as socially awkward or a bit freaked out by technology like me. And if they've got to the point where they want to know more, they're really just talking to me to make sure that I'm not a complete loon only just a little <laughs> bit a little bit loony so I think you know like having making sure you know that kind of goes back to that brand experience sorry my dog's just having a say as well um <laughs> the um having that brand experience is making sure that your clients really are experiencing you and everything in everything that you do so for me making sure that my website was totally and utterly like coming for tea at my house but on the internet um that's like that was key for me and I talked about this at Snap as well and I sometimes wonder if people think that I'm balmy but the way that I that I dress and that I style myself is totally part of my kind of my brand image and my brand experience as well so like everyone knows comfort is key for Hannah Hall it doesn't even matter if she's on a night out she's got to be comfortable Mm. so I try and dress in a way that is comfortable but is also cool um, and possibly a little bit intriguing. So I like I've had people come up to me at weddings who n- already know of me, and they're like, "Oh, are you Hannah Hall? Hi, oh, yeah, hi, I'm Hannah Hall." And they're like, "Oh my god, you're just like your Instagram," which I always think is a slightly weird thing to say because my my work Instagram is just pretty much full of photos that I've taken. There's not a huge amount of me pictures of me and and stuff on my on my Instagram maybe on my Instagram stories but I think when you look through my Instagram you can kind of see the stuff that makes me tick you can see the fact that I love really bright colors you can see Mm. that that I like the silly stuff because I like the silly facial expressions and that kind of thing so I think there's that that kind of that element about that I I'm I match my brand image like someone came up to me last year and was like oh I saw you at the front of church and there was just something there was just something about you that made me want to come and say hi. They didn't need a wedding photographer. They didn't really have anything to say to me. They definitely didn't want to talk about like camera geeky stuff. They were just really intrigued by me. Right. And that's for me, that's really important because if people are kind of like, she seems kind of interesting, although they might not need a wedding photographer, they might go and say to someone else like, Oh, I met this photographer and she was kind of, she was kind of cool in a weird way. Like again, my clients vary massively. I don't have this kind of like one an, an, an image of what my ide- ideal client looks like necessarily but all of them have kind of are a little bit quirky and are a little bit fun or a little bit geeky or something like that so that works for me well i think we'll uh, we'll come back to that in a minute and uh, expand on that a bit further because i've got something specifically about that that i want to ask you about but i think everyone comes to the podcast for one reason and one reason only and it is the fact that we have the embarrassing stories so i think you might have something pretty good to share with us so roll jingle it went wrong it went wrong something went very wrong at a wedding went very wrong i thought it would be embarrassing 
Then I thought of poor me And then I thought it made a good story But I'm gonna tell you right now It's my embarrassing story Oh Okay then, Hannah, so Knowing you as well as I do I can imagine you've got quite a few Corkers to pick from So talk us through your, your best embarrassing moment Well, uh, I've had to put quite a lot of thought to this if I'm being honest. And I decided to plump for the story, uh, which literally made me feel like I've never felt more like I wanted to curl up and die at work. So this is this is a story about when I was second shooting for Dan Moore last year. Hi, Dan, Bib and Tucker, what a legend. So uh, I guess it must have been July last year. Dan, um, I was only taking seconds to weddings because uh, his wife was, was due a baby imminently. So the couple didn't, didn't even want a second but here I am Hannah Hall is coming to the wedding to shoot okay. um, and it although it's the middle of summer it's been raining bloody loads okay but you know me guys it's the summer that means flip-flops yep. so I turned I turned up to shoot a wedding in like like a long sleeve black t-shirt black lots and some flip-flops like kind of my standard summer summer wedding get up and the ceremony's happened and it's all lovely, dub- lovely, really nice. And we're like, to the couple, should we go and do some portraits? And they're like, yep, yeah, cool. Um, there's two videographers as well. So we're like, well, you know how it is when you've got those two photographers and two videographers and we've all got ideas. We're all kind of muscling in. Uh-huh. And the videographers say to the couple, can you just go for a little, can you go for a little walk? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just get out of the way. And we're at Modishal Oaks, which um, is like a house with a spa and it's got like a pond. And there's basically a path that kind of goes round the pond out of the front of the, okay. of the building. So I literally step off the path onto the grass to allow the couple to walk past and get out of the way of the videographer. And I slide, <laughs> land flat on my backside. <laughs> but Which doesn't sound like it's going to be that bad, apart from the fact that it's obviously really, really wet. It's really, really muddy. And I'm oh, wearing no. all black. So I kind of, I get up and I shake myself up. I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. I'm a professional, <laughs> I'm just going to carry on. The whole, of the, uh, the whole of my bum and down the back of my legs is black. My hands are covered in blood, but I'm like, whatever, I've got this. So we carry on down the path and then you get to the end of the path and you turn right to walk back up what presumably was like the original drive up to the house. Okay. And as we get to the bottom, I turn and there's just, the most incredible light like like in my head I can, it was like it was angelic it was incredible guys so and I, I couldn't control myself normally when I'm second shooting I'm like I'm just gonna stay I'm gonna shut up I'm not gonna be too mad <laughs> like I've already fallen over and sweat of myself once but I turn around the corner and I'm like guys stop you need to stop there stop there and I go running towards them till like, I don't even know what I'm going to do, like push them together and make them kiss. I have no idea what I was <laughs> thinking. But as I'm running, like Baywatch style, you know, um, <laughs> God, so horrific. You know, um, when you have like a big set of uh, metal gates, there will normally be a little like tufty bit of metal that sticks out of the ground where you yeah. to stop the gates from coming back on themselves, where you can, like I don't know, like bolt it. I know what you mean. Yeah, close yeah, it, yeah I get so yeah. Yeah, so I'm running towards the couple who are kind of almost in a beautiful light but not doing what I want them to do. And I fuck straight over this tiny little bit of metal sticking out of the ground. In the process, I slice the front of my toes on my right foot (gasps) wide open. Oh, my God. So I look down and I'm like, okay, I'm covered in blood. (laughs) 
it's, it's fine. Anyway, like it wasn't, it, like, it didn't hurt particularly. So they were like, you can see by this point, they were like, Dan, who is this woman that you brought into our wedding? <laughs> this fast. We didn't want to know what's going on. Anyway, so I'm like, guys, you know, like just do my thing, took some photos and it's all good. Carry on walking. And all for, all for this time, it's been dry. Um, but just when we get back to the to the house, it's just starting to rain a little bit. Um, and I'm like, Dan, do you need me to do anything? I think I might go and like clean myself up. And he's like, no, Ham, don't worry, it's cool. You go and do what you need to do. I'm just going to make a start on groups. And then I can't remember what happened, but something waylaid me. During that time, it starts properly hammering it down again. So everyone moves inside into the bar area. No biggie. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in. But then, of course, I realise when I walk into the bar that I've now got to get through the entire bar to get to the stairs, to go upstairs, to go to the toilet. And I'm literally like, my feet are covered in blood. They're covered in mud. <laughs> I'm everything I've me. Like, I go up, I eventually kind of, like, push my way through all these people, get to the bathroom and realise that all there is is, like, you know, like, really cheap toilet roll. So I'm, like, rubbing it on myself, just covering myself <laughs> in toilet roll. Like, I just had to, in the end, I had to do the walk of shame back downstairs and go and ask the catering manager if I could have, like, a proper, like, oh. napkin or a proper cloth. <laughs> that would have been better um, and I literally like so everyone who kind of seen me walked in like thinking what what is she what is she doing here um, and then I yeah had to spend the rest of the day like walking around with a brown muddy bum that's brilliant it was all it was awful like if it was one of my couples I think they'd probably find it really funny because they know they know me but like this poor couple they didn't even want a second shooter and yeah. they were having to pay to feed me and, and there I was just you know, just being a make being a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> a bloody muddy disgrace. It's like some sort <laughs> of like slapstick day. comedy uh, sort of sketch or something. Too much. Brilliant. <laughs> love it. There you go. That's, that's my embarrassing story anyway. <laughs> I love that. I, li- I like the fact that it wasn't just one thing because usually like time. the embarrassing stories are just like this happened and we're like, <gasps> but this was like, yeah, this was like several things all sort of rolled into one, which I like. That was good. I'm an excellent second shooter, FYI. Yeah, I don't, I don't always make a complete idiot of myself. You, not... you owe me one anyway, Hannah, don't you? For a second shoot, yeah. so um, I, 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 I might pass on that actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll slice my foot open for you as well, Steve. No, 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 no. I don't like blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. I, I hope you didn't like get tetanus or something. All that like cuts and mud and everything together doesn't sound like a good combination. Well, I'm still here. Yeah, but you do have a prosthetic leg now. <laughs> <That's stump. laughs> yeah stumpy that's your new nickname <laughs> okay well anyway thanks for that Hannah. that was good um let's get back to business this will probably sound like an odd question but considering your embarrassing story was pretty odd i think that's fine um when it comes to attracting the right kind of couple for you which we were sort of like talking about just before would you say that sort of being honest with yourself about who you are is quite a big part of attracting the right couple for you massively um like when I meet couples I don't I don't like obviously I I kind of brush my hair and and make sure that I know what their names are and stuff like that but I don't I don't dress up to go and meet people and like when we meet up it's really informal like I'd rather go and meet them for a beer although now I have an office of course they come to me but they get like a really crap instant coffee made by me now like I'm no frills and I'm like I think 
you go on my website I'm really honest about who I am mm -hmm. it's it's really I'm I'm really I'm like the first person probably to talk about my own my own downfalls and pitfalls and the flaws in me as well as the good stuff about me um and I think the, the long and the short of it is that you attract you attract people that are like you so mm -hmm. the people the people the couples I get although they don't you know like if you said to me like draw what your ideal couple looks like I couldn't do that like this year I've had you know couples that you know gents that are still wearing top hats um I've had couples that haven't had you know the, the boys haven't had suit jackets I've had brides that haven't had traditional dresses but then I you know I've, by the same token I've had brides that have had huge very traditional dresses I still shoot weddings in country houses I shoot weddings in barns I shoot like totally DIY weddings at you know like on at families like business premises and stuff like that like I don't have like I can't pigeonhole my clients by the mm. way they look but I can pigeonhole my clients by the fact that they're totally fun loving down to earth really easy to work for they trust me 100% and that's my ideal client if I can go to a wedding be like guest number 103 on their guest list, have a great time, have a drink in the evening with them and just feel like I'm hanging out with friends, then I've done my job. I've attracted the right kind of client and I've shot a wedding that I've loved. And I think all of that comes down from me not pretending to be anything that I'm not um, anywhere where you go and where you can go and find out about me. So on my website or on social media. That's absolutely spot on. I think it's definitely food for thought there for anyone who's um not not too sure about branding and how to to attract the right the ideal couples well i think i think a lot of it as well comes from uh it's going to sound slightly hypocritical here talking about um facebook groups um but i do think our facebook group is a lot more chilled and diverse than than a lot of facebook groups which um do sort of seem to i don't know people seem to fall into a trap of of trying to be these people who are posting on these groups and it all becomes very sort of like you know sort of a homage to like other people's work and you think mm. are you really being true to yourself you know like are you really that person who 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 is sort of like displaying these photos because i think a lot of the time that's not the, the case and i think they're mm. trying to attract couples who aren't really like them yeah and it's interesting as well when you like when you second shoot for people that you know in some kind of capacity before you second shoot for them sometimes like i'm kind of astounded at how different they are as you know the person in a pub to the person that they are when they shoot and I mean I sound I feel like a bit of a hypocrite for saying that because I'm actually like people never believe me when they know me already but I'm quite shy I'm quite an introvert like I hate social situations if I don't know many people mm. yet when I turn up to shoot a wedding I'm like hi guys I'm here like I'm really quite bullshit in your face mm. um but I think I'm still I'm still me like I still love houseplants and I still love colors and I, it's still like the funny quirky little you know things that make that make me tick I think I probably just in order to do the job that I need to do I am bolder and braver than I might be in, in real life but yeah, it's kind of, I find it interesting when you see people that, you know, like they're very casual and laid back in real life and then they turn up to shoot weddings like suited and booted and, and, and yeah, it's almost not like, it's like they're completely different people. And it's I wonder like, how that... Yeah, it's like you've got your own little stage persona, a bit like maybe, like maybe Alice, Alice Cooper. 
Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's not really called Alice Cooper, obviously, but when he performs, he is Alice Cooper. He's Vincent Furnier, otherwise. But you go to your weddings with, with the full sort of face makeup of Alice Cooper, don't you? <laughs> and a snake around yeah. his head, a big python. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, that would be I don't brilliant. Think... I love Alice imagine, Cooper. Imagine health and safety of turning up to a wedding with your own snake can i can i tell you a health and safety story right the videographer that i shot a wedding i'm gonna tell i didn't even wait for an answer there did i, I was just like i'm gonna do it in there. yeah <laughs> it was like a yeah um, rhetorical question um so i'm, I'm shooting this um, wedding with this uh videographer that i know uh recently and he was telling me so there's this there's this really like beautiful venue up in northumberland called brinkburn priory right and the couple are having this like super cool awesome wedding they're all docked and stuff and um you know uh, quite a lot of money has been spent on this wedding but in a very classy and nice way it's not like sort of garish or anything and at some point they've they've brought some sacks for a sack race along and someone's actually created a full sort of track for the for the sack race you know lanes and everything Uh and it's they're rounding everyone up to to do the sack race and the wedding coordinator comes over and says excuse me you cannot do this you have not done a risk assessment wow and shut it down that's incredible at the other end of the spectrum from that andy i shot a wedding a couple of years ago with um with johnny dent and like i shit you not in the in the evening about half past 10 they're like oh we've got sparklers and we're like okay you know you know how i feel about about sparklers but they're like we've got sparklers and we're like great cool and they're like they're indoor ones and they proceed to light these indoor sparklers on the dance floor and the band in the background are playing ring of fire (laughs) i've literally never been more terrified in my life it was a young wedding literally there must have been like 40 really drunk people on the dance floor bouncing around to ring of fire with like with a firework in there like no one risk assessed that wow and unfortunately that wedding venue is no longer there <laughs> burnt to a crisp yeah, just ashes <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the end of that yeah <laughs> well, anyway hannah um, andy mentioned going back to the intro that you also use qt albums and um i know you run special and i do know you run special promotions to couples at certain points during the year just to bring in extra income can you talk us through how you do this and when do you think is the best time of the year to do it uh yeah yeah i can i think i'm gonna give this a bit of a rethink myself actually because i think that i've got so many things to tell you i have so much knowledge to impart the first thing that you need to know is that i only do two album orders one in march and i do one in october Ah. because i can't cope with you know like say you've got 20 couples a year or whatever that are Mm. booking or buying an album i can't cope with the constant chasing of had i had that have they briefed this have they done this like i can't deal with that especially over the summer like i just haven't got time Mm -hmm. to be dealing with whether so and so and so and so are happy with spread seven and like have i ordered that like i can't deal with it so in february put me off doing albums in the past so i'm I'm listening very um very intently now what i do is i send out an email twice a year i send one like in february and what literally i'm about to send this email now um in order to get them in in time for christmas but i basically send out an email to everyone that's got an outstanding album saying hello it's to order your album you need to have done the following things by this date in order to ensure that you have your album and this round of ordering 
I won't chase you for this information. If you don't send it to me, you can wait until March or you can wait until the next time I do an album order, basically. And I basically ask them to send me an email. I send them in their email. I tell them, this is what you've currently paid for. So like a 10 by 10, 15 spreads, linen cover, whatever. Uh And then I basically send them, I say, there's a list of upgrades that you can have. Like you can go and buy them. And I have a thing set up in my Pixie Set Gallery where they can go and pay for those things. Um, So, and then I say, you need to include you need to tell me what color album like what color cover you want on your album you want i need you to go into your pixie set gallery and make a favorites list of the images that are going in like everything that i need all of the information that i need from them that i get back from them in one email i'm like i can't be dealing with them going saying oh you know in this one here we've made a favorites list and in another email saying oh we'd like a blue leather cover all of it has to be in one email and I'm really really draconian about it because if you're doing like 10 album orders it's just too much information to process yeah it basically means that at the end of March and at the end of October I clear my backlog and they know that if they don't do it they're gonna have to wait and it it actually gets people off their bums to do it because I'm sure if you guys are anything like me you've still got some clients from like two and a half years ago who haven't got around to ordering their album yet and like, and where do you draw the line? Where at what point do you turn around and say no to them? Like, mm-hmm. it's just if they know that there's a cutoff point, it just makes them do it. It makes it makes ordering their album a priority. So that's the first thing that I need to tell you about what I do with albums. I'm at three second, year, three years for a couple now, uh, three and a bit, who yeah, who yeah. still haven't chosen it. So yeah, I think maybe I need to put something in place that sort of just regulates it a little bit so that it yeah, sort of gives you it. the power back a little bit because you're just kind of waiting for them the whole time but that's it and it just kind of reminds them as well like if they are one of those couples that are likely to be like no we'll do it later the mm. fact that every six months they start getting an email saying what are you going to do about this like i've got one that's like it's three and a half years and she she contacted me about it and i said yeah if you do it now i'll do it I don't know where I draw the line on that. I guess I'll cross that bridge if it comes, you know, if it comes mm. back again. Yeah. But like, at least you're constantly reminding them where, you know, whereas before I used to just kind of disappear and never tell them about their album. I just assumed that at some point they'd get in touch with me. So that's, yeah, that's how I kind of take control of album orders. But I also so, think as well that they're, like, they're always like, oh, we're so busy, we're so busy. And they forget that you're really busy as well because, yeah, like, you know. You're running a business. Yeah, so like, it sort of like reminds them as well, like, come on guys, like, I'm not just there at your beck and call when you well, decide to finally it. get and around Andy, to it. the other thing that I do is I don't give them the opportunity to mess me around once they start that process because I say, I'll design your album. You get one opportunity to proof it. Yeah. Mm. If I send it back to you and you want to make further changes, it's £25 per round of proofs. Because I also used to find that I'd get people going, oh, can you just do this? And can we, oh, we've forgotten this photo. Can you include that? And you'd go oh. and do all that redesign. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? In time. And then they'd be, actually, we preferred it as it was, by which point you've lost that revision and you can't actually remember what it looked like. And like for an album, like obviously, you know, you're making a decent amount of money with a good markup on an album. But when you start that toing and froing and all of those changes, it really starts sucking up your time. If you say to people, you get one chance to get this right. And if you decide that you want to make more changes, you need to value my time. It just makes the whole thing so much slicker. It Like I save so much time by doing it this way. And, you know, I don't have very much of that. No, indeed. And and is that so you're doing your two your two um sort of like. Uh, times during the year where you you contact couples about their albums is is that just people who have already booked an album or is that to people who haven't as well and you're trying to get those people to to buy one well up until now 
that's just how I've dealt with the people that have outstanding albums yeah. orders what I'm actually about to do because the thing is it's like you know before like I didn't really love my album company whereas now I absolutely love QT and it sounds like I'm just shamelessly plugging QT hi Pavel <laughs> um I like I do genuinely love the love the QT products and really want to show them off and really want people to have to have albums so obviously I'm going to be emailing out my couples who have outstanding album orders um imminently but I'm also going to send a reminder to everybody that whose wedding I've shot in the last two years like obviously guys you need to be really mindful of whatever your GPDR is that right GD GDPR GDPR whatever you know whatever you said to people about how you're going to email them and get in touch with them like be mindful of that but and just say hey I'm doing I'm going to be doing album orders in time for Christmas have you thought about um so that's kind of something that I'm kind of adding into my fold but in addition to that I also um do two album sales a year um I do one on Black Friday just to jump on board the Black Friday bandwagon and I also um I did one in for Valentine's Day this year and I well I'm going to do it again and see how it works out but it's basically a really really limited time 48 hours 20% off and then that's not just an album that's off additional spreads album like cover upgrades all of those kind of things. So, and I offer that to people who haven't got married yet as well, and they've got a year after their wedding to sort it. So that I send to all of my couples who are booked, irrespective of whether they're booked with an album or not. I send it to couples that have got married, couples that are getting married, and just say, hey, this is an opportunity for you to save some money. Last year, I made about two and a half thousand pounds on Black Friday. Nice. Doing it. Wow. Yeah. And so, do you not? You don't worry about sending it to couples who've already booked an album, uh, sorry, have already paid for an album, or maybe even received an album already. Uh, no, but, well, I, I guess I, if I know that they've got an album, then I probably don't send it to them. Actually, thinking about it, right? But or if they've got an album, they probably don't click on the link to find out more about it because they're like, yeah, yeah, booked, whatever, and we've done that. Yeah. Um, but the couples that have already booked an album, generally, the way I sell albums um, is if a couple books me with an album, they're just booking album credit, so they like an album album credit with me is 400 pounds and that literally just buys like the most basic 10 by 10 linen covered 15 spread album and most in fact pretty much every single couple that i can think of off the top of my head has upgraded their album in some way when it's actually come around to ordering their album either they've gone bigger they've added more spreads they've gone yeah we don't want a linen cover we want a leather cover because like they're thinking longevity because they're buying an heirloom so there's like all of them are upgrading so all of them you know if they suddenly like i can't even remember what my prices are off the top of my head but they've they've paid 400 pounds for a standard album and they know that normally it's going to cost them 175 quid to upgrade to a 12 by 12 that's leather bound and it's going to cost them 30 quid less to do it like and actually oh they're going to add a few extra spreads and suddenly they're saving themselves quite a whack of money i don't mind sending that to people like okay it's annoying if you book you booked an album but like i'm not the only person that's doing that you know like you might go and buy your tea bags for four pounds a box and then the next week they're on three for two like it's just there's you know there's always stuff like that going on in life but i think people always just see the the benefit of the added you know the added stuff and the thing is as well is that what people have to remember i guess is that when they book if they book with an album Obviously, they can't take advantage of offers like of the full offer of an offer like that, but they're also protecting themselves from a price increase. Yep. Because if if QT raises their prices or I decide to raise my prices, they're like they're still getting their album at the at the price that they paid originally. Whether you know whether QT double their prices or whatever. So like you know, there's swings and roundabouts to whatever you do. Like everyone's you know winning in some respects and losing in others, I guess. But it works for me, um, and my clients seem to kind of jump on it whenever I offer them that opportunity. 
Yeah, that's really good. Um, if you could sort of like from this podcast then, say everyone who's listening, could you maybe set them a, a task to go away with that gets them to maybe analyze their brand and think of areas that they can improve on it? Yeah, do you know what? I was thinking about this earlier. Um, what I would do is uh, enlist the help of a friend who isn't a photographer, um, like just anybody um, that they know reasonably well and kind of get them to jot down, a, you know, like a few things that they know and that they love about you. So, you know, be it that you like love the colour, love white and you love like really minimalist stuff or that you're really like eco-friendly and environmentally conscious, whatever it is, just, you know, to go and write down some of the stuff that they think about when they think about you and then get them to go on your website and go and see if, you know, that they can kind of go and find evidence of the stuff that sticks out in their mind about you and see whether that's really evident on your website. Like I said earlier, when people go on my website, I want them to feel like it's the online equivalent of having walked into my home and, you Uh know, to come and have a cup of tea with me. And I think, like, so often, like, even after Snap, a few people kind of said to me, I'll have a look at my website and see, can you tell me what you think? And I was like, this isn't, this isn't you. This isn't the person that I've just sat chatting with for 15 minutes. Like, there's a real, uh, what's the word? I can't even think what what word I'm looking for. But, like, it was like looking at, you know, having a conversation with one person and then chatting to their twin when you looked on their website. And I think, like whatever you want your business to be whoever you want to be at work you can make sure that your website is totally singing your song because actually what you want to be happening is that people go onto your website and before they contact you they've made a decision that they want you just, you're not you're just you don't want to be available you, yeah you don't want to be selling yourself at the after the point at which they've inquired your website should should do that so by the time that they click check availability or get in touch they might as well be clicking like sign this online contract sounds excellent yeah i like that i mean i think i think the, that's the thing as well when you come from a sort of like an office environment where you kind of all fall into a very uh, sort of typical way of being so you're never really like 100 percent yourself unless you work in a really cool office where like everyone's awesome like a lot of the time you're just kind of like getting by being yourself a little bit but try and fit in with everybody and get on with yeah, everyone absolutely yeah i think when we all start doing wedding photography our websites are very much like hi i'm a wedding photographer and yeah definitely. yeah and yeah. you know and the thing is as well is that this world is a really scary place and we like we, we you and and i and you two have spent you know most of the year kind of talking about how things are looking for next year and it's a conversation Mm -hmm. that is kind of being echoed around the entirety of the industry at the moment like it's really scary putting yourself on the internet and saying hey you trust me to come and shoot one of the most important days of your life that's really really scary so the temptation to to try and you know when you're hustling for work and you're trying to you know snap up those bookings I guess it's almost tempting to be as generic and vague as possible to appeal to as many people as possible but which is what I did to start with and I'm sure most of us kind of went through that mm-hmm. you know the early days of like we'll just take what comes our way because we need stuff in the portfolio and we need reviews and we need experience but mm-hmm. I very quickly learned that there are some there's you know a certain kind of person that I just don't want to work for I don't want to be walking around with a list in my hand of like of, of photos that people want I just want someone that goes like we just like what your eyes see hannah and we want you to take photos and come and have fun with us and that doesn't happen by having a bland generic website 
Put no. people off. That's what it's all about. I nearly, Putting people off come, and finding the 35 couples a year that love you. Coming back to that thing that you said about shooting the mo- one of the most important days of the life, I, I very nearly put a couple off by uh talking about shooting and like we're having this meeting and i was saying um and it was going very very well and i was talking about shooting the you know the most important day of their life and then for just some strange reason because i think it was only like two months after ada was born or something and i went well you know like not the most important day of your life obviously when your children are born that's like way more important <laughs> but like you know it's, it's still an important day and i just like because they didn't have kids they just like looked at me like really Weird blank up. like what well, our wedding's not the most important day of your no, life like, you know like stop digging yeah and i was just like i could just see it in their eyes and i was just like but you know it's still really important and Ugh. um they left and i was like they're not gonna book they did book it was fine but um <laughs> yeah it's better to talk about it being the most important day of their lives rather than going you know sort of important but not as important I just say one, one <laughs> of the most important and you know because that's the other thing as well is a lot of my clients already have kids or I have quite a few that are kind of doing this for the second time yeah. so I don't you know people have slightly different perspectives on it like some people just you know get married because they think they think it's kind of just one of the things that they need to do and they don't see it quite as important as, as other people do I think you know just talk about it as being one of the important days and then that's like all, all of your bridges yeah but don't trump it like, with something that happened, happened to you that's what don't, I, I don't. Like, I don't suppose you went and told them about how you delivered your baby, did you? Andy? I probably did. I was probably just desperate to sort of get that into a conversation <laughs> with someone who hadn't heard the story. So, um, so yeah. I mean, you'll be you'll be pleased to know that um, I haven't been talking about it very often um, until a wedding a few weeks ago where I did drop it in again just because. Oh, dearie me! Yeah. Ah, it's got to be done, man. It's got to be done. <laughs> the most exciting thing that's happened to you this year Andy that's why oh god yeah definitely come on I delivered my own baby that's really no I'm not going to go on about it like people who heard the yeah. last podcast are just <laughs> yeah, switching you're, off now you're in not droves going about it. Did, okay. did, you, did you deliver your own baby Andy did, did you just mention <laughs> I do you know I've actually managed to I think wangle it in three times to this podcast that reference so I'm doing pretty it, well it'll go on forever now yeah, yeah. legendary but, story but, but anyway Hannah thank you so much for that um and most importantly, thanks for being being on the podcast. It's been very insightful. It's been a pleasure. And I know certainly from from what you've discussed, there'll be lots of things that I'll be taking away myself because I've got it on my to-do list for the, the next few months that, you know, I've got quite a lot of changes to make myself. So I'll definitely be taking something from that. So thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. Yeah, and, and same likewise. Obviously, uh, listening to you do your workshop at um, Snap was was very insightful and very helpful. And the fact that I'm gonna go through this very soon, you know, I've paid for a deposit on my my new website and branding and everything already. You know, it's it's really great to have another chat about it and just sort of refresh my memory about all the sort of useful things that you shared with me in the past as well so hopefully everyone else took loads away from it as well and uh yeah and we finally recorded a podcast after ages yay (laughs) so uh yeah thank you hannah goodbye bye-bye Bye. Oh, actually, no, before we go, I totally forgot to mention something. Um, If you are listening to this on iTunes, please, please, please give us a star rating and a little review just so that it helps more people find the podcast on there. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fine.
love you. Bye bye.